thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, wonderful listeners. Thank you for joining us again on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And don't forget to follow us on social media. So that is the Wellness Women on Facebook, the Wellness Women Official on Instagram. I am DrAndrea.xo on Instagram and the Period Whisperer on Facebook. And you can find Ash on Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Um, Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Women Radio. We're hoping that this episode is going to be super useful um, for you. Because we want to give you some brain hacks. We want to help you to, you know, have a, a better brain when you're working from home because everybody is struggling with this. Um, I know that I do uh, all the time. Um, and I, I really wish that that limitless drug actually existed. Uh, maybe one day it will. I love that. We're like, so let's stop procrastinating on this episode. Let's just bam into it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I think the, I think what you're getting to there, Andrew, is that um, so many people are now transitioning from office environments into a work for home home space. Um, you know, students of universities are instead of being in mm-hmm. university environments, surrounded by their peers, they're now sitting at home trying to you know struggle through assignments and assessments on their own, self directed learning, you know, self directed yep. tasks, finishing projects, you know know, um, all those sorts of things that require a high degree of self-discipline, which, you know, for the majority of us, we don't really have a high degree of self-discipline and especially not in areas of extreme interest. And this is why I say, you know, sometimes like, for example, university degree, right? There is very small chance that you love every single 
topic and subject mm-hmm. that you're going to study. So there are going to be some subjects you are just going to struggle on. You are going to procrastinate on. Um, same in a work environment. You know, there's going to be some tasks and some projects you'd so much rather hand over to someone else, but you know you have to get them done. So right now, with us all sitting around computers much more often, uh, you know, in our homes than we probably ever have, we're going to talk about some of the really cool tricks you can use to really maximize your productivity. Um, I kind of like this because then it's like the more you get done in the short amount of time, then maybe you can have some more time for more enjoyable stuff, right? Rather than dragging your day out, you know, expanding the hours of the day because, um, yeah. you know, whatever happens, you will notice that if you have 10 hours to do something, you'll need the 10 hours to do it. But if you were told you had to do all of those things in four hours, you would smash it out, get it done, and you keep yourself six hours to do fun stuff. So the way I see it is productivity is key to having a great life. You do not want to spend longer on things than you have to. Um, so these are some really good little uh, tricks both Andrew and I use. Some of them we don't use. Some of them will give you some tips and tricks that we've learned from others. You yeah. Know, because there's, we all learn in different ways, right? We all have different ways. We, we roll our lives through, um, you know, what we enjoy, what we do, how we do it. Um, but we'll certainly both Andrew and I have been mentored and coached by some extraordinary minds and um, we'll share mm. f- with you a lot of the tips and tricks that we've learned from them, um, which is, I think, a little bit of a, you know, it's a compliment to the teachers we've had because I know both you and I will routinely get, can't believe you get so much done a day. I don't know how you get time to do all these things. Like, how do you get all those things and, you know, record a podcast and do this and do that? And um, I sort of smile and think, um, great question. I, I don't know. I just do. And then when I really, you know, stop and think about it, you realize if we carefully look at our lives and break it down, there are definitely some clues for success. There's definitely some things we do that um, maximize our productivity in some places which allow us to do more um so and there's also sacrifices that we make because of that along the way so you know it's not like we're uh spending hours in front of netflix and having you know lots of downtime and and that sort of thing you know that doesn't necessarily exist um but and i still think that i'm absolutely the, the queen of procrastination or i i guess you know having that split focus so i can be notorious for having like five different email um you know uh boxes open at one time and i'm literally emailing five different people going from one to the other and it is the worst thing in the world um and then i you know i'm doing that i'm on the phone i'm you know trying to multitask and it is disastrous and i get nowhere and then it's not until I make that conscious decision to have complete focus and there's ways that I go about doing that and we'll go over that in that episode in today's episode as well that I actually can get stuff done. And you are so right about that uh, something will take as long as you allow it to. So if you give yourself 10 hours, you will go down to the line on that or most people will. Um, I know that for me, especially when I was doing assignments, it would always take three times longer than what I need. <laughs> than what I had. Um, so I always thought that I could just get some things done at the last minute. It never, ever, ever worked. Um, well, there's actually, there's actually a law for it. It's called Parkinson's law. And yeah. it's, um, you know, and essentially it just means that whatever time you've been given is the time you use. So, yeah. um, you know, if you've given one week for an assessment, you will take the week for the assessment. If you're given two hours for it, you will get it done in two hours. It's two degrees mm. of urgency, um, which, you know, in order to, 
combat that concept of Parkinson's law, you actually have to create deadlines and boundaries of yourself, um, which a lot of us you mm. know, don't realize. We, we think, oh, that's okay. I'll get it done tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes, oh, tomorrow after tomorrow after tomorrow. And oh my gosh, I should have done that two weeks ago. Um, and that's why now you can sort of understand why that happens. It's a very human characteristic to, to have that um, experience of putting something off or, or deferring it, thinking you'll get it done at some point um, without a deadline you probably won't get it done. So we're going to sort of chat about some of those um, cool little tricks to, to get your brain tricked. It's, I guess trick your brain into knowing that there's some urgency to things that will allow you to get those things done. So, um, Andrew, right. I want to ask you, what's what's your, I guess, if you said mm. someone said to you, oh, my gosh, how do you get so much done in a day? What are some of the key things you would say to, you know, to our listeners tonight about what it is that you use on a regular basis to kind of maximize how you get things done the i guess the mm. success of those outcomes in the sense that it's completion like task to completion it's all very yeah. nice to start 500 things but if you don't complete anything then there's really no point right um, what do you do yeah. Uh, that's a really great question. And I think that my, um, I think having a really great team is uh, a big part of that. So I can, you know, delegate a lot of things and I can get input on a lot of things. And I also have really amazing, um, you know, coaches and mentors, um, who keep me accountable because for me, accountability is such a massive thing. I need, I'm very much more the stick rather than the carrot motivated type person, so <laughs> I am not necessarily motivated by this idea that, oh, you know, once I've completed this, I'll feel really proud of myself or then I'll have all this free time. That doesn't necessarily motivate me. What I am motivated by is the pain point if I don't do it. So, you know, will I be letting myself down? Will I be letting somebody else down? Is someone holding me accountable to this that then I have to say to them, I failed and I didn't get this done? So that accountability is just so, so important. And even when I was, um, say, writing assignments, I had to have someone text me within a certain time frame and say, Andrea, have you finished, um, you know, that paragraph that you needed to do on XYZ? Like I had to have someone you know, just really hounding me and keeping me so, so accountable to actually get stuff done. Um, when I am focused or when I need to focus, I've got to shut down all social media and everything else. So I use blocking apps to do that so that I don't just kind of get a little sidetracked and all of a sudden end up on social media, um, you know, doing um, funny little quizzes or just such ridiculous things that all of a sudden it's 40 minutes later and you're brain dead because your brain's just gone to mush by just constant scrolling. <laughs> Um, I have to set timers on my phone as well. And I've also entrained my system into, um, I, I have rituals around productivity. So I, there's certain music that I'll listen to when I need to be productive. And a lot of it is just instrumental type stuff um, for the most part anyway. Like I love um, Bonobo and lots of classical music and that sort of thing because without the lyrics, I don't get too distracted. And I have the timer on my phone. I've got everything blocked. Um, I a, a lot of the time I have to have my emails turned off as well so that I don't have that distraction just kind of popping up. And uh, that's kind of what keeps me on track. But there's lots of other things that are also essential to just being able to get your brain to function in the first place. And that's some of the things that we'll go through um, uh, today for you as well. But Ash, what is yours? Like what helps you to get stuff done and be uber productive? I'm definitely a checklist person. So I, yeah. you know, like I have all these apps and everything, but I tend to still go to pen and paper 
write mm-hmm. it down. I, have, I put a little box beside it, and I, I really quite like the the outcome. Oh, that's of, so know, satisfying. Yeah, just ticking, you know, ticking down the column as you get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, I do tend to procrastinate when there's something tough to do, and it sounds so funny. Tough for me is often the the uncomfortable thing to do. So mm-hmm. let's just say I need to make a phone call to someone to discuss something that I'm not comfortable talking about, whatever mm-hmm. that is, or let's just say it's the tax man at the end of the year, right? You're talking to your accountant <laughs> and you've got to try and work out numbers and you know they're going to ask you questions and you know you don't really have the answers and you're just like, yeah. and it's that really, you know, that, that, that thing you're trying to avoid but you really know you can't avoid. I'm really bad with those. So I tend to, you know, like we've, I think we've probably talked about this before, but I tend to try and go with the, you know, eat the frog, like eat the toad, like try and get the, the icky hard stuff done first yeah, um, to just free up the space to then, oh, okay, that's out of the road. Now I can get on with the other stuff. And um, for me, that's a really important part of, of how I keep moving forward. You know, if I, if I mm-hmm. keep deferring the hard stuff, it's like the hard stuff just builds in this mountain that becomes almost impossible to accomplish. And then you kind of like throw your hands up and just dump it all like so you know unfortunately you do have to go through hard stuff in life so I'm a bit of a you know tackle the hard stuff and then the rest seems easy um I also love to do things um with the kitchen timer the oven timer on so you know obviously I don't do as much of that anymore with Oliver around but um I used to always sit down uh, you know on a day when I was working from home and I would put the kitchen timer on for 45 minute blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely know of other techniques. Like it's not that 45 minutes has to be the block, but, um, I know of other techniques where they use 25 minute blocks, for example. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, 45 was just a really nice, nice amount of time. I could dive into something, get some work done. When the beeper went off, obviously I'd have to go get up to go turn it off in the kitchen, which would give me a chance just to walk around, grab a glass of water, um, you know, just refresh, walk outside, do something, go on and check the mailbox, whatever, and then come back down and sit down for another. 45 minute block so I found that really productive when I'm doing assessments or assignments particularly you know in the uni days that was really how I got got big mm. stuff done because I know for a fact that when I sat down on task and tried to do something for two hours straight if I read back the stuff I did like in the last 45 minutes of that two hours I was just rambling I'm like oh my god what, you know, what just happened like there was nothing just trying to fill time yeah fill time right yeah. and you're filling the pages and you're filling your quota of you know your 10,000 words or whatever you're trying to achieve and, and you realize mm-hmm. you're not actually being you know, articulate, you're actually kind of rambling through because you, like you said, filling the time. So for me, 45 minutes is a nice, sharp enough time to get some good, clear words out there, get some content done and then have a break and then reset and do it again. So they're my two, you know, like do the hard stuff first, um, create some 45 minute blocks. And Mm. um, I think a lot of people definitely overlook um, pleasure. So, you know, in the sense that when a day is filled with tasks, we've also got to do some stuff we actually like. It can't all be mm-hmm. hard stuff. So sometimes it's just looking for the little tasks mm-hmm. that are fun. It might be creative. It might just be jumping onto Canva to whip up a little flyer or something, you know, just mm-hmm. allow me to do something a little bit right brain, a little bit more creative, a bit more fun, and then get back to the hard stuff. Yeah, I like that. And we know that as well when you are stimulating that right-hand side of your brain, which is more sort of the um, – the I think of it as your feminine side, even though the right-hand side of your body in um, – you know, energy medicine is your masculine side, the left side is your feminine side, but it's the opposite with your hemispheres. So the right side is feminine. Um, and that's your, your creative and all of that sort of thing. But when you stimulate the right side, it actually lifts the left side of your brain anyway. 
So that is going to help improve cognition, um, you know, logical things, things that have to go in a linear pattern in line and rank and order and and that sort of thing. Um, And there's lots of ways that you can do that. So what we're going to go over now is some behavioral things that you can go about as well as some almost biohacking um, type strategies in terms of, um, you know, your environment, nutrition and other supplementation that you can use. So we can kind of try as best we can to mimic that limitless drug potential to improve your cognition and make sure that you are and you can actually be productive and you can achieve the things that you want. Um, I do find that with everyone working at home at the moment, I think it's important to set boundaries, you know, to create a, a, a differentiation between workspace and home space especially if you're living in a small, um, you know, apartment. And if you don't actually have much room, then change out the chair. So you have one chair for work, one chair that's, you know, just for that purpose that you don't use for anything else or one part of the space that you sit in or stand in um, that is just for work and you are only there during your, you know, allocated work hours and work time and you avoid it all the time. So it's almost like you're creating this behavioral pattern um, and, you know, all of those neurological patternings that you're locking and anchoring into this is work time, this is productive time. Um, and being really specific with that too. Uh, and then once it's not work time anymore, move away from that space, close it off if you can, close those doors, don't look at it, and uh, be you know, very disciplined with those boundaries in terms of um, you know, the work and home life as well. I really love that. That's an incredibly good suggestion to delineate the differences in their time mm-hmm. and use of the day. And particularly for how many families are now working at home, maybe both parents mm-hmm. are home with kids. How do you set those boundaries for children? I've definitely had them. Um, oh, you man. Know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard, right? What I did find really interesting was I've had a few funny conversations with people because I'm, I'm smiling saying, oh, we've got the same thing happening in our house. Um, one of the great tips I got from one of the mums was that her husband puts on a work shirt and daddy's going to work now. You know, oh, and so really it's I just to keep the kids aware that they're mm-hmm. too young to really understand, but dad's put on his work shirt. That makes sense. Dad's working now. So that uninterrupted space. Um, Pete has a little thing where when the door's closed, you don't interrupt me. You can knock and check, but mm-hmm. you're not allowed to just walk in and make a noise because I'm probably on a work meeting. So door closed means meeting time. A door open, you can come in and have a hug, say hi. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be interrupted. So that was a really yeah, good strategy as well. Um, another really good tip was, well, I don't know if it's a tip, but, you know, bye-bye and um, Dan walks out the front door, runs around the back door, runs upstairs and, and hides in the office, you know. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So yeah. that the kids don't think he's home so they leave him alone while he's trying to work. And it could be for the mum, you know, it could be mum or dad. It doesn't matter who, but it was just funny. I thought, oh, that's really cute. Um, whatever it takes, right, to, to get the, um, the outcome. And, and you know, it's not just kids. It's no. like, you know, I'm so unproductive when Dean is around. Like I need him to be out of the house. Yeah. If he is home on my Monday days, on my Mondays, yeah. that are my day away from, um, you know, seeing patients, uh, that is my day to get stuff done. And if he is here, it messes with my flow so much, yeah. which is why on weekdays um, when he might leave the house at, you know, maybe anywhere between sort of 8 to 9 o'clock in the morning, I've got to get up so much early before him to have a couple of hours in the morning where I can get stuff done before then we can start our day as a family. Yeah. And, you know, that that's always, you know, we'll go for a walk or we'll do exercise and we'll take the dogs out and everything else. But I've got to have time before they get up to actually be productive. And 
It is so hard rolling out of bed at five o'clock in the morning when it's so nice and toasty in bed and when we're completely exhausted and you could just hit snooze on the alarm clock, but um, Dean will kill me if I keep hitting snooze and it's waking him up at 5 a.m. So I've just got to roll out of bed and get up. Um, but I also do really cherish that time as well because it's just for me. Uh, and I know we've talked about that in podcasts before, but yeah, it's not just kids who are going to mess with your flow. Uh, I think that obviously it's a little bit harder for them to understand that, oh, but your home, isn't it playtime? Well, there's fur babies and big kids. There's lots of, <laughs> lots of people can interrupt your flow. And I think that's a you know, really important thing is what looking around you know, your life and lifestyle, what's going to interrupt your flow? You know, if you're sitting at the kitchen dining table and the fridge is right behind you and it's you know, you, every 30 seconds you're thinking about what's in the fridge and you keep you know, walking to the cupboards, that's interrupting your flow. So what you might want to do mm-hmm. is approach it like a normal sort of work day, so to speak. Create your snack box, create your lunch box, like just put things in an organized way so you're not um, – distracted thinking about what the next meal is going to look like it's already planned it's there it's ready to go when it's lunchtime not oh what did I have for lunch today you know that's sort of that daydreamy um distracted state Mm -hmm. for me that's a big one is just you know avoiding those food cues um you know if you're a person who's always liked your coffee run and right now in isolation that's a hard thing to do maybe create a little ritual around coffee I know my husband's doing his own Mm -hmm. you know coffee at home each day it's a ritual the whole you know grind the beans and all the rest and and it's taking time which is awesome you know it takes that nice 15 minutes it's that mental headspace clearance he's standing up he's walking around he's moving and he's, he's doing something that's a little bit more focused you know on something enjoyable so you know recreating some of those um uh tasks that are routine in your normal work life you almost have to sort of find a substitute and replication for them in your home environment does that make sense and i use coffee now as a reward mechanism so i have to get xyz done before i'm allowed to make that first coffee or i have to send these three emails before i'm allowed to make coffee and that can be um, something that you can do at home as well so you know if you know that there's treats in the fridge that you keep going back to then work for it So don't just, um, you know, kind of keep having them um, just whenever you want, like set yourself little micro goals. And once you've, you know, answered these emails or completed that report, that's when you get to go back there. And you've just got to have that discipline around actually, you know, keeping that happening. Uh, I did see a funny post on social media where someone had put a sign inside their fridge door that said, um, go away, you're not hungry, you're bored. (laughs) And I thought that that's so classic. And that's so true for so many people. And I know that so many of my patients are coming in going, I've already put on two kilos from working from home. It's because I'm just standing in front of the fridge all day long. And it's because their entire environment has changed so much. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of changed environment, right? Like if you come from an open plan office, very clean lines, minimalist, you know, everything's got its place. And you go home and your home office is chaotic and mm-hmm. disordered and all over the shop. You know, like this is not, that's not an environment for productivity right there. You really need to maybe even consider taking a half day to reconfigure your office space, redecorate, mm-hmm. redesign, tidy up, take a trip to, you know, office works or shop online and get them to deliver, you know, just organize things so you're set for success and that's a big thing a lot of people overlook is you have to set the foundations for success by actually having an environment that's going to support that so you know like think Mm -hmm. about that look around you right now where you're sitting what you're looking at what you're doing and if it's you know if it's chaos then there's very good chance that you're um 
behaviors and uh, structure around your workday is going to be slightly more disordered and chaotic too. It's uh, it's a common yeah. thing we see is, you know, disordered environments means disordered behavior and, and thought processing as well. Um, you know, psychology, they often tell you to, you know, order your environment in order to order your head, which makes so much sense. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so those are some sort of uh, kind of, I don't know what just happened with my words there, but anyway, those are, I guess, some environmental things that you can be working on and some good little habits. There is also definitely physical things to really help to hack your brain. And these, you know, and it's pretty obvious, one is exercise. We know that movement is part of what keeps, you know, all of that information getting to and from the brain. We know that that's what's helping to engage left and right sides of the brain. So just keeping your body moving and moving regularly. That's why, you know, we really advocate for standing desks, moving desks, moving your environment around all the time, getting out in nature. That has certainly been shown to improve cognitive, um, you know, just or cognitive behavior and everything else. Uh, so just get your body moving, but it can also be movement activities for better brain function. So this can be things like cross crawls. Um, you can just go onto YouTube to see all sorts of different variations of those. And essentially they work on that kind of um, patting the tummy, rubbing the head type principle. So it's you know, getting the brain to focus on different things and really improving those connections between left and right sides of the brain. Uh, also doing crawling again is really good. You know, using that contralateral crawling pattern is really great for enhancing um, just again, left and right side function. There's also uh, some research that shows that optical and muscle stimulation can also help um, uh, infrared saunas or just, you know, regular saunas that, that heat therapy can improve cognition as well to the same point that exercise can. But I don't know how easily we can actually get to a sauna at the moment. One of my friends, um, Louise, she bought a home sauna and it's one that you zip up around you and your head sticks out. It was about 200 bucks and it just sits, you can just put it anywhere around the house you put a little plastic chair inside and it gets up to about 50 degrees celsius um i thought that that's such a good idea um, i don't that know if I'll be able to... <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like envisioning some you know person being cooked in this suit they can't get out of it's a horror it's show just, it's like it's literally like a sweat bag oh my um, goodness but it might be cozy in winter yeah that'd be nice yeah I don't think I'd be able to get that over the line with Dean, to be honest. Um, But, you know, that's certainly something if you are, if you know that that really helps your cognition, then um, that's certainly something you could look into. So those are some. makes me fall asleep though. I don't know about you. Uh, Like, again, you're talking about some of the physical things, right? Hot and cold. If your room's too hot or too cold, how much does that affect things? Like, oh, really hot, warm room. I'm dozing off. You know, yep. so again, managing the environment. Uh, but yeah, sweatsuits, I like it. I like it. I want yep. everyone to post themselves photos, you know, in their, their awesome little sweatsuit while they're typing away at the computer. <laughs> I know. Um, we're about to start a new 100-day gong with my practice. Um, so my patients in the practice, we're going to do 100 days of no sugar. But I also think that um, setting little goals throughout the day like, um, okay, every hour you've got to get up and do five push-ups or 10 squats or something like that. Just get the blood flowing. Um, get your heart rate up a little bit. Improve that oxygenation to your brain as well. Um, you could be doing alternate nostril breathing or you could be doing the breath of fire type breathing to really just flood your system system with some really good, you know, new oxygen, new energy and blood flow too. Uh, one of the things that is actually quite well, well researched for improving um, cognition is uh, nicotine, but 
obviously we are not advocating for anyone to be smoking, uh, but I just thought that that was a little interesting tidbit. Um, yeah, I know. It's like one benefit and then everything else is just absolutely horrific. So, you know, ladies, don't start smoking just to improve your brain function. Um, but there are other behavioural things that you can be doing. So sleep is the most important thing when it comes to brain hacking. So even just, um, you know, one night of less restorative sleep impairs your cognitive function so much, but it also increases your impulse activity by 60%. So we've got less brain function, we're more impulsive, so we're making worse decisions, and this is just on one night of less restorative sleep. And we know that if we have just two nights of partial sleep deprivation, so not even complete but just partial, which you know new mothers would be getting all the time, it so dramatically affects memory, recall, and cognition. So, guys, we've got to get sleep. We've got to have good sleep hygiene. Um, obviously, all new mums um, or just mums with kids that you know aren't the best sleepers are exempt from all of these rules. <laughs> so, I certainly say do the best you can with this. Um, meditation has been shown to dramatically improve attention. Uh, which is amazing. And not just being good at meditation, but just meditation training. So just doing it regularly with that intention has been shown to do that. Um, also things like learning a second language, learning music or playing a musical instrument, um, learning things or completing tasks using mnemonics. Uh, so Ash, how would you describe mnemonics? mnemonic devices. Uh, so, for example, when we were learning um, anatomical names for things, we would make up a little rhyme for it um, or the first letter of each of the things would then make up a story around that. Um, I can't think of a better way to describe mnemonic devices at quarter past nine at night, so that'll do. <laughs> Like, but, yeah, create your own little jingle about something to, yes. that triggers and cues your brain to recall the whole picture around that um, that sort of that story, that song, that word, that yes. acronym, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's just the association. Um, and yeah. dancing as well. And I guess that kind of falls into that physical aspect of, of you know, enhancement and hacking. But um, nice. all of those has been shown to improve um, that. And you were talking uh, about sleep, so another great one because yeah. obviously we're being, uh, you know, instructed to stay inside in, in isolation. I still am encouraging people to try and open a window, work near mm -hmm. natural light. So, you know, if they considered a desk at an open window, it would be amazing. They're still going to get a dose of vitamin D. It helps trigger melatonin. And, of course, that's going to improve some of those sleep uh, patterns, which will obviously enhance productivity and concentration and memory and all those other benefits. So um, even if you're not allowed to go outside, Try your best, stick it out the window for 10 minutes if you have to, whatever it takes. Um, but right now it's yeah. really important to get fresh air and sunshine. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, now there are some, you know, nutrients that can be used to enhance memory and cognition. Uh, some of them are really well researched. Some of them we use commonly, but they're not as consistent in the evidence. So things like um, ginkgo and ginseng are used very commonly, but um, there is evidence for that, but it's kind of, it's just not completely consistent across the board. Whereas something like salvia, which is Spanish sage, has been shown to significantly improve memory and concentration um, and attention. Uh, I guess that's concentration. So yeah, you know what I mean? And this is in double blind placebo controlled trials. And uh, one of the studies was using that Spanish sage as an essential oil. So I think that they were diffusing that, which I thought was 
really interesting. So I would certainly encourage you to look into that. And That's there's another so true, isn't it? Like olfactory, yeah. like how much can that increase alertness if you take mm-hmm. a, like a whiff of you know peppermint or something like that, or in this case sage? They do really like kind of just like woof, you know, like, yeah, that uh, yeah. brain boost. That's not uh, and. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's not smelling salts, is it? Sniffing salts. Well, yeah, stuff like that. I guess anything yeah. that constitutes um, those. I need sort of to like, look into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's super interesting. I think that um, we, and that's where you were talking as well. I think what you're referring to are they nootropics or those um, additional things that they're considered? Oh, ginkgo and ginseng. No, they're yeah. just you know um, like traditional herbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that we yeah. would use. Um, the salvia again. That's the Spanish sage. Um, yeah. And there is something which is a Chinese and uh, Eastern herb um, called bacoa. No, bacopa. Monarian. As soon as I try to pronounce something, it never comes out correctly. So I'll post it online. But that has been shown to very consistently enhance memory in um, lots and lots of clinical trials. And I was reading a meta-analysis about that. Some other things that are also um, useful is cacao. And we talked about that in our chocolate episode. Curry powder, your omega-3 fatty acids, calorie restriction and fasting and intermittent fasting. Um, Obviously, the caveat around that is make sure you've got good hormonal balance, um, you know, and good adrenal function before you try doing that. Um, And certainly not doing that if you're trying to conceive or you are pregnant. And then having a hormonal balance as well. So, so interestingly, um, the ovarian hormones, particularly estrogen, is a cognitive enhancer. So again, good hormonal balance is so critical for not just um, you know, feeling like a normal, sane woman and having all of the normal functions that you should have, but also for your cognitive ability. Uh, so, you know, fish oils, fatty acids, um, oily fish, eggs and poultry have all been shown to improve cognitive function as well, as well as sunlight and vitamin D, um, uh, alpha lipoic acid and um, uh, acetyl L-carnitine too. Uh, so all of those are kind of then they're not nootropics and not um, I wouldn't call them adaptogens, but they are essentially things to help brain hack. Beautiful. Well, I think that's given everyone a lot of thoughts on how to um, to brain hack, biohack, you know, get their workday more productive, get their brain switched on, get their, you know, mind ready for uh, working from a home environment, which can uh, definitely have a lot of distractions. So, ladies, I hope that certainly helped you all those tips and tricks. If you've got any amazing tips that, you, you know, work for you, we'd love to hear about them. Post them on social media to us. Um, just let us know because we always love that feedback we can share with others. We always always open to new suggestions and ideas on how to uh, help everyone live better, live greater, you know, survive uh, the chaos that's going on right now and obviously come out the other side thriving. So that's our goal uh, over the next sort of six to 12 weeks is really to find the best things that are going to have everyone feeling great and ready for, uh, you know, I guess driving into the new world, which whatever that looks like, it's going to be quite an interesting place to be uh, with great opportunities. Awesome. Okay. Uh, So ladies, hopefully that that's given you some strategies to kind of biohack to your environment, um, some of your behavioral and uh, physical kind of things that you can be doing to help to improve your brain function and productivity at home while you're working at home. And ladies, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar on women's health and until next week, be well. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.